chapter four, part two. This will probably be a little shorter. I got on a bit of a rant on the last one. Hope I, hope I didn't drag you guys out too long on that. Uh, I wanted to talk about how rehabs get paid by insurance companies, and this will be the theme throughout the book, but uh, I want to mention it here. I wanted to, you guys to understand that rehabs get paid by insurance for medical services, not for results. So, okay, that probably makes sense to you. Okay, well, of course, if you don't deliver medical services, how do you get results? Well, there's a lot of ways to get results, and medical services are certainly part of that. However, they only pay for medical services. So what I mean by that is if, if someone was to do something like uh, exercise, they got daily exercise routine or uh, mindfulness routine. I, and actually some insurances, in all fairness, do pay for some of those things. They may pay for yoga. They may pay for insurance. They may pay for nutritional counseling or health or something like that. Um, exercise classes, something like that. But that's not really the norm. The norm is basically like you have a day in rehab. We're paying for the day in rehab. Do 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 your medical services. And in fact, if the patient does really, really well, the rehab is probably going to get its payments cut. They're going to say, oh, he's doing great. Why does he need to still be in rehab? I see this all the time because the way they look at it is almost like a broken arm, right? Oh, is the broken arm healed yet? Oh, it's healed. Great. Okay, you're done. Get out of the hospital. Take the cast off and go. It's not really that easy with behavioral health, if you guys could understand that. And uh, and so they don't want to pay for someone who's healthy, which I get that. You pay for when people need medical treatment, need help. Uh, but there's this sort of game where it's like, okay, well, we're they're getting better, but they're not cured, which I don't like the word cure for addiction anyway. That doesn't really make sense to me. There's no, that's not a cure to it because someone could always pick up a joint if they wanted to or class alcohol at any point in time. Um, so cure is the wrong word, but it's more like, well, did you fix the problem? Did you fix the issue? Can the guy go home yet? Because we want him to go home. Well, why do you want him to go home? Because we don't want to pay anymore because residential treatment is expensive. We want him to do outpatient. That's a lot cheaper for us. Oh, okay. So it's, it's about you and how much you have to pay for this person. And you look, I'm not, I don't work in an insurance company. I'm not one of these math wizards that do all the math and, and try to figure it out. And I do know in their defense, I do know that there are people who abuse the system. There are people who are rehab shoppers and basically they couch surf at rehabs. They go from one to the next to the next that let's say they have a good insurance plan and they've been in, you know, 12 rehabs. 12 rehabs in the last 12 months or something like that. And they essentially use it as a place to live. And, and the insurance companies at some point say, okay, enough. This guy or girl or whatever does not want to get better. They, they just go back to rehab, back to rehab, back to rehab. I get it. I understand if I worked at the insurance company, that person would be on my list as someone to go after in terms of investigate their claims and the, you know, what, what they're doing and all that kind of stuff, audit that file. I get it. That's pretty rare. It really is. What's more common is like the example I gave as the story of Stephen, who was the 10 year heroin addict. And Stephen was using heroin every day for 10 years. 
and he finally decides that it's time for him to get better, gets treatment. And it's obvious to everybody in the world with common sense that Stephen needs to check into rehab. Stephen has been an addict for 10 years every day. And what does the insurance company say? They say, oh, well, we're going to deny that inpatient treatment because Stephen hasn't failed outpatient treatment. What may, outpatient treatment might work for him. So, and that's cheaper. So he has to prove to us that he needs the residential treatment by going to outpatient once or maybe twice and failing. Realize we're talking about a heroin addict, right? We're overdoses, people overdose from heroin. And they're saying he needs to go to an outpatient, which is like three days a week, three hours a night, maybe five days a week, three hours a night. And they think, well, let's try that first. Let's try the cheaper option first. Really? Now, this is, this is common. This, this happens. And how would you feel about that as a family? You're paying your premiums every month or your, or your employer is. You've been working the same job for 20 years and they're paying those premiums in the event that one of their employees has a problem. It's insurance, right? Something may come up and you have insurance for that. And the one time that this, this kid is ready to go into treatment, premiums have been paid. Everything's been done. Okay. It's time. We need, we need the help this time. This it's, it's come around. The, the numbers did their thing and it's us that needs help this time. We've never really used our, our insurance very much, but this time we need it. And they say, no, you have to fail at outpatient. Well, what does failing an outpatient mean? It probably means you relapse, right? I mean, if you could even, if you could even get to the point where you could stop long enough to go to outpatient, if you're using heroin every day, they really think you're going to go into an outpatient. You're going to be able to manage that to go into an outpatient class, you know, an outpatient service. Really? Anyway, I just want to say it, it, if you're a doctor and, and, and I know many doctors who work for and with rehabs who won't even deal with it anymore. They won't, they used to, they want a peer, the insurance company will want what's called a peer to peer interview. Well, we want our doctor to talk to your doctor. And of course their doctor is going to try to deny it. And I don't know if they're financially incentivized to do that. I would imagine that on paper, they, they can't do that because that's sort of that's sort of, uh, you know, that's wrong. It's probably illegal. Um, but I would imagine there's sort of a handshake deal where the more denials come out of this doctor, the bigger his bonus is going to be. But, and, and, and our, and our quote unquote, our doctors, the doctors that work in, for rehabs and advocate for people who are addicted get so, get so tired of it. And they just say, it's just, I'm just talking to a robot. I'm talking to a brick wall. I'm going round and round and round. Steven has been a heroin addict every day for 10 years. Well, I don't think Steven needs inpatient treatment. He hasn't failed outpatient treatment. Well, really? Well, do you know Steven? Well, no, I've never met Steven. Yeah, exactly. You're just making a judgment call. And this is basically a pissing contest because we both have MDs after our names and it's me versus you. And it, it it's, it's shame that it has to be that way. And if you're a doctor and you work for an insurance company and you're just denying people like this for technicalities, even though they're paying their premiums, 
because because the insurance company is telling you to just do your job, then shame on you. Because Stephen could be dead the next day. He was ready for treatment and you denied him and you told them to try outpatient and the family was devastated. Stephen was devastated, but they, they don't have the money to pay privately for inpatient treatment. So they try outpatient and he fails and he dies. You're never going to hear about it. It's just a number, just a statistic. But, you know, they used to say that when they were the Nazis, where they were just doing their job, sorry, I was just doing my job. That's what I was supposed to do. I, I don't buy it. That's wrong. It's terrible. There needs to be, there needs to be some compassion. And it, look, it would be different. It would be different if the insurance companies were sort of like, hey, we're right on the edge here of being a, being profitable or not. And uh, geez, you know, we, we have to cut costs you know, in certain places, because if we didn't, the whole thing would go under, we wouldn't be able to insure anybody. But insurance companies are posting billions in profits, billions and billions in profits. And people are faithfully paying their claims because if you don't pay your claims, boy, you know, you lose coverage instantly. But when it comes time to use the insurance, then this happens to them. No way. It's wrong should not happen. There should be more accountability here. I guarantee you that if that doctor, if it was their son or their daughter or their husband or wife or loved one, spouse, whatever, that person would get approved. And you know it too. They would get approved. If they work for the insurance company and they needed to use that service, they would get approved. But you don't get approved because you don't have that inside track they're going to fight you and deny you because they don't, you know, they, they want you to not pay. Now I'm making a generalization about insurance companies. Some are better than others. They are, but this has sort of been kind of the way it's gone. And I'm not going to call out certain insurance companies that I know do this often because I don't want to get sued, mm -hmm. but it does happen. And I want you guys to, to be aware of that and, and that, the, as far as a rehab goes, we can't really do anything. We're not, we're not the customer of the insurance company. You are, you have to advocate. And the only thing that we end up seeing, which is unfortunate because a lot of people are good people and they don't really want to go into this mode. They have to scream at the insurance companies. They have to yell and scream. How dare you threaten to sue them, threaten to take them to the media, threaten to, you know, I'm going to blast you all over, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to make your life hell. Then they say, okay, this guy's serious. All right, let's, let's, let's pay his client or let's let his kid go to rehab. Why does it have to be that way? Why do you have to turn into an animal and fight and claw when you're paying premiums? Again, your kid's been through rehab 30 times and the insurance company's paying for it. They're going to get tired of it. I get it. Okay. I'm talking about your average everyday people. So I want you guys to be aware that if that does happen, it really is only on you to go after the insurance company for those services. The rehab can not really do much for you. They can maybe just say, look, you got to call them and convince them. Um, but that is the unfortunate truth of how things are going right now.